Larry, say something funny. I can't just perform on command. I tell my wife that all the time. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote. Joining me on the panel tonight are... I am the master lover, Johnny Morales. <laughs> I, I can't follow that. <laughs> this is, this way is Roger. To, way to give yourself a nickname. That's a, that's my Wu-Tang Clan name. Then I'm Mad Magician. Yeah, you are. Roger May. Is, yeah. <laughs> is you. <laughs> wow. This just fell apart right in the beginning. <laughs> and and Larry Douglas. Special guest for this week. And producing, as always, is Matthew Lubick. Hey Say guys, hi. What's going on, guys? What's your middle name, Matt? <laughs> Joseph. Yeah. Okay. And if you've never listened to this show before, we are a review show. We always do... Uh, one uh, from each of the two big publishers, DC and Marvel, and we always do an indie book. Um, we're going to do a graphic novel review a little bit later. We'll do some previews, and we actually have a couple of questions that are pretty good tonight, so we've got a pretty decent show packed for you. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to toss it to Johnny, who is going to pitch our DC book for this week. Right. Uh, this uh, DC book, it's from the Young Animal imprint. It's uh, Mother Panic Number 1 by Jody Hauser and Tommy Lee Edwards. Uh, it basically follows the story of this uh, organization that's creating art using blood from, I don't know, enemies, I guess? It, it was... It was weird. It was a weird story. And yeah, I don't think it was just blood, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't ask me on the particulars of this. I, you already know how I feel about Young Animal. Yeah, the, the more I think about it, I, I'm kind of leaning towards what you think. It wasn't that... I mean, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting premise, but I don't think there was much there to keep me going. I'll say this. Gotham City works in a gritty, adult, mature book. Definitely. I just... I'm not sure I'm, I'm keen on the execution of the writing and this particular character. There was nothing through this that really made me want to come back for issue two. Like, don't get me wrong, Tommy Lee Edwards pencils, great. I mean, but the the title character, Mother Panic, is there's nothing we know about her. There's nothing really interesting. Well, she's she's well, brand new. She's brand new okay. character created for this. So, But, you know, you would think with this first issue, we would know a little bit more about her. We don't know who she is. Other we than she's know. a... Uh, like a punk rock Yeah, star. celebutante yeah. kind of thing. Larry, what do you get, think? They do give a few hints. Um, there's uh, There are some scenes that goes back to her childhood. Uh, we do find out that, um, that her mother was diagnosed with uh, early onset Alzheimer's. And Where that, did you get that? Yeah, seriously. Uh, I missed you, you, that. <laughs> no, no, it's in there because it? it's like she's not having yes. a good day. I mean, I got that she wasn't She's not going to remember together. the conversation. Yeah, because her right. mom's pretty young. Okay. And yeah, it's funny because I think she comes in in the suit at the end. And she's like, I'm not worried. She's not going to remember this. Yeah, I remember yeah, that's that true. part. And I kind of gathered that something was wrong. But I, okay. We I, also see some scenes with uh, with her and her father. And there's some yes. indication that her father died under mysterious circumstances. And that there's some, uh, some suspicion that she had something to do with it. Um, there's no indication as to how she comes to be this celebrity. Because yeah. in depicting her earlier life, they seem very lower middle class yeah. you know, something in that of that nature and all of a sudden she's this uh, this celebrity who's known one of those people who's famous for being famous yeah. essentially probably, um, probably YouTube <laughs> could yeah. be um, 
I had a slightly different opinion. I, I sort of liked it. Um, I thought that there was maybe something there to uh, that could potentially be built on. Uh, maybe I liked it in comparison to other young animal titles that I've read. <laughs> yeah, that. I, I'll agree with you to that. So, so it was better than those. Um, and uh, I think that the story has some potential. I guess my feeling is the the issue has potential. Mm-hmm. Enough that I will probably read issue two and uh, maybe stick with it for a couple more issues and see what's going on. The main drawback to me was that the main character is extremely unlikable. and uh, They actually went for that on purpose. Yes, they did go for that on purpose, and but you can only carry that so long. Yeah. So at some point, you have to care about the character in and some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And if, if they don't do something to give us a little bit more insight into this character, I'm not sure that I could hang with it that long because eventually I'm going to be like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, she could die. Whatever happens to her, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what happened to me with Black Science and, and the protagonist there, Grant McKay. And it took, I think it was the fifth issue before something something kind of changed the dynamic before I was like, okay, well, I'm... I'm at least interested in reading on to see what's going to mm-hmm. happen. She kind of, and I kind of agree with that. With with um, this character, you know, in Mother Panic, I don't, you know, you, you've, I'm with you, Larry. You've got to, you got to endear me to that character if if you're going to want me to read every issue. Yeah, she kind of seems non-important in this particular issue because I, like, I completely like in my breakdown of this issue, the the short little one or two sentences that I just uh, that I began with. I didn't mention her at all because she didn't feel as important to me than the other parts going on. Maybe that will change in the in the second issue, but with this, I didn't get much from her. And like uh, you said, Larry, I didn't really particularly like her as much. Now, you mentioned before we started uh, the podcast, you were talking about uh, not being thrilled with the costume. <laughs> yeah, and, I was just and, about to say. <laughs> and I have to agree, this has got to be one of the worst designed costumes I, I think I've seen. There's nothing about it that... Uh, uh, that is, I don't know, interesting. It's very, I don't know what to say about it <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's the uh, helmet or the mask, whatever you want to call that. It, it what'd you say, Johnny? It looks like Cell from Dragon Ball. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, specifically. A little bit. It looks like she's wearing hockey gloves. I just, I right. don't. Metal spiked hockey gloves. Yeah, punk rock yeah. Spot hockey gloves. I don't know. I just I Why feel is she like wearing white. Yeah, in Gotham City yeah, right. of all all places. Well, what you know, I cuz I wondered that too at first and then there's this point where she expresses this sentiment about Batman, you know, someone That's true. someone says that that she's, you know, part of that Bat family and and she's like, "No, forget like forget that." Yeah, uh, that's right. And, and and so I was like, what? Okay, why the animosity towards Batman? And does that have, you know, I think that's the only clue I picked up on that might give any sense as to what her motives were mm-hmm. and, and maybe why she was wearing white. Yeah. I don't, I, we'll see. We'll see. They, I would think it seems so intentional that they would have to follow up that line of, of, uh, of story. Right. The only thing that I can think of, of, 
uh, hero wearing white is um, uh, the hero Moon Knight from Marvel. Knight. He, uh, he wears white, so I think he specifically he said so that the criminals can see when he's coming for them. Right. And I think maybe that could work. But he's here. crazy, yeah. yeah, and his costume looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah you're right. And this character has neither of those two going for. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I think I spent like 45 minutes reading this book, and I think you guys can uh, guess why. Because Tommy Lee Edwards. Oh man, I just yeah, kept looking Tommy at the, I, look, the art. I don't have any complaints about the art. He's great. There's been plenty of other stuff that I've read by Tommy Lee Edwards that is really good. I just feel bad for him that he's stuck on a like. Like 1985, wasn't yes. that him? You you gave me that, that was one. A, and, that, was, that was a really good series. And what was it, Turf War? Yes. Turf War you gave me also, which was just a whole basket of crazy, but it right. was fun. So. Honestly, right now, I, I, I could care less about the story. I, I'm just going to flip through the book. Well, I would have to say that I think uh, that Tommy Lee Edwards' art is one of the things that actually probably makes me want to come back and read the second mm-hmm. issue because his art works so well with the story. Although the story is not great it hasn't really grabbed me yet his art works so well with the story that it almost makes the story more interesting yeah uh, the way that it uh, that it kind of goes in conjunction with it to me he was the most redeeming thing about yeah this book and made, making it worth seeing sure or reading um, no I, I agree and I think that it you know the way it's plotted I think it's written more that you know as a as a graphic novel than than comic to comic I, I, yeah. I think it's probably gonna take a few issues to really kind of get a feel for yeah th- this is tough for me because it's definitely better than I-, I would put cave carson number one in terms of the young animal imprint books definitely this one next and then just don't bother with the other two <laughs> um because i mean johnny even said it i think said it best about shade the changing girl that, that book is impenetrable right yep. <laughs> so um so. I-, I would come back to this i don't think i could come back to this issue by issue i would come back to this as a graphic novel if they change the artist i'm not reading it uh, Mother Panic? Yeah. If, if they change if an artist t- like... If it's Tommy Lee Edwards, you yeah. may only get six yeah. to eight issues out of him. Well, as long yeah. as I get like a like a complete arc with just him and they don't put in like... A, some... They're not going to jump around. These, right. are, these are monthly books. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, I'm happy with that. I'll just look <laughs> at the art. That's it. So any other any other things that you guys saw want to point out or we want to do some star ratings on it? You good with star ratings? Ready? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Larry? Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half, a lot because of the art and because there was just enough there to cause me to come back and read the second issue, but certainly nothing higher than that. All right. I want to know what you think of issue two, because I'm not going to come back for it. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Roger? Uh, two and a half. All the right. story didn't do much for me, but the art, I'm with Larry, the art was amazing, but it, it, it and I'll probably read, I'll probably read the second one too, but. Okay. Not not that great. Like I of a said, comic. like the art tone wise, and then just Gotham City works with a gritty, you know, story, and Tommy Lee Edwards fits that. And I just wish there was more. Right. What about you, Johnny? Uh, I think I have to follow what Larry said. Uh, three and a half, just because of of the art, it, it just makes me want more. Uh, I think you were right on the nose when you said, oh, it's a Johnny, it's Johnny artist. artist. Yeah, because, I knew it. Man, I, I love knew this. it, man. I've done enough of these podcasts with you to know. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm going to go two and a half also, um, mostly because of the art. I, I'd be interested to come back to this as a graphic novel. The other reason I'm going to ding it, a, I knew it. like a I half it. star is because it. of that freaking ad it. for 
Gerard Way's band in the middle. This is a comic book. We it's don't a good need band. his band <laughs> advertisement in the middle of a DC book. This is just soul, like, just shameless hey, self-promotion. That's actually a good point. You're judging the issue for the issue, and if there's ads in that issue, it counts, like. Well, I read it digitally, so I guess it doesn't count for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did at I, least have one of the songs from a soundtrack playing in the background. <laughs> as you I, I had my earbuds in, listening that, to, to that Helena, actually, and reading this book. That actually seriously did kind of tick me off because I was like, "Look, if you want to advertise other comic stuff, fine. I don't need freaking." I didn't even. The, I didn't even know it was an ad. So yeah, I, I, I was so ticked. So anyway, I just saw this. Right I am going to agree with you on the ad as well, just because not only was the ad in there, and I, I thought the same thing when I saw that. You know, shameless self promotion, but um, they even made the ad out of thicker stock yes. than, the, than rest the rest of, of the, the book. Comic. Wow! So that you had to open oh. to it almost, or if it oh, fell man. open, it would go there. So yeah, I was kind of like, "Oh, Gerard Way, you are just on my list, man." So it anyway, might not have been his fault. <laughs> <laughs> look, if anybody it was likes, probably the drummer. <laughs> if anybody likes them, look, that's fine. That's just my opinion. So. <laughs> Anyway, let's go ahead and go to the indie book, and our guest Larry has the pitch for that this week. All right, our indie book. How should I put this? The the <laughs> inmates of Arkham Asylum have disappeared, and the few who return come back talking about a world where there is no Arkham, no Gotham, no Batman, but there are turtles. <laughs> That's good. So this... This is Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I guess, Redux, we could say. Well, actually, this it's different, but not because it's the same premise, like where the world, you know, they cross over. Yeah, it is the same premise, but this is not a sequel to the to the one they did before. In fact, in this one, as you read through it, it's obvious Batman. In this, it's clear that he has no idea what this other world that yeah. at, at the beginning um, he comes across Two Face, and Two Face is talking about this other world where there was no Harvey Dent and there was no Gotham, and this is where the inmates from Arkham have gone to, and Batman is totally unaware of what this other alternate world yeah. might be and uh, so either he has suffered a serious blow to the head so that he's totally forgotten about his previous adventure, adventure. or this is a totally different universe and I think that's intended to be yeah, uh, a totally different universe. It's de- It's got the design of the Batman animated series yes. and the Nickelodeon the current Nickelodeon Turtles. Yes. Exactly. Match the other show. Nickelodeon on the cover. Does it really? I didn't even catch that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, right there. Okay. Yeah, so anybody that's a fan of like the 90s Batman show, you're going to get a lot of the character designs and that Bruce Tim style looking DC characters throughout the book. Um, I haven't watched the Nickelodeon Turtles, but I'm assuming that's the art style from that show as they're, well. They're more 3D-ish. Are they? Yeah. Like CG? Yeah. Like 2.5D. Oh. I didn't know that. Okay. Hmm. Um, but same character designs though, right? Yeah. yeah. Basically round heads. Yeah, like, okay. Like cool. in here. Um, so, so yeah, there's some nostalgic qualities to this book for, for someone like me who kind of grew up watching the 90s Batman cartoon animated, you know, adventures. But I felt like this was kind of a, like a, a lighter, more child friendly version of what I had just read a few months ago. That was yeah. just me. Um, I mean, I, I get like you know what you're, you're spot on with the pitch, saying it's obviously a different universe, but it's just like you guys literally. Oh wow, okay. Johnny just showed me a picture of the turtles. Um, but I just feel like this was just we literally just finished reading. Like, and I don't think they're gonna do the same exact thing. 
obviously, but I mean, to start off a story like just crossing over like that, I was like, okay. Um, there were some pretty good uh, gags and stuff throughout the 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 comic. I, I felt like it's very much like an all ages geared for you know kids and up. Not, I loved it. So I figured you. Why don't you tell us about that one panel, Johnny, that you absolutely loved? No, I'm I'm gonna leave it as a surprise so people can find it if and enjoy it as well. I will. Okay, so well, <laughs> just well, he does. I'm talking about the panel that I loved. So. Okay, go for it. Well, it actually occurs pretty early in the book, so it's not much of a spoiler. And it's where the you first see the turtles, oh. and uh, and you get this. Um, this figure in shadow that says, "I want you to tell all your friends about me." And uh, for those who aren't aware, this is a this is a callback to to old Batman and an early scene uh, with uh, you know with early Batman where he's where he's saying that to a criminal, and then next thing you know, you open up the page and you think, "Oh wow, this is really spooky." And you open the page, and of course, it's a a very cartoonish looking uh, turtle, Michelangelo. Uh, yes, talking about uh, hey, you know, if there's a pizza place nearby. So, um, that I particularly enjoyed that, and and they did a '90s Batman callback. He says, "I am vengeance. I am the night. You know, yes. I am hungry." <laughs> so he's like, "I want pizza." So I, I was actually prepared not to like this book. Um, I generally don't really read all ages comics, or at least not not too often. And uh, you're gonna make Johnny cry over here. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> uh, and I really enjoyed the uh, the series, the previous series between Batman and the Teenage Mutant yeah, Ninja Turtles. I thought that was really good and I uh, really enjoyed that a lot. Um, and so I was prepared not to like this, but I was surprised that I liked it a lot more than I thought that I would. Um, for one thing, there there was a lot of humor in there yeah. and I found myself actually laughing as I was going through the book. It felt very much like a Saturday morning cartoon. It did. So mm. it was just, to me, it was just uh, it, it was a lot of fun to read. Um, and at the same time, there was uh, enough of a story enough of a mystery there to actually keep my interest because now I'm wondering okay what's the deal with this pink triangle yeah. that shows up yeah. and, and uh, that clay face goes back through and you know that uh, that Joker and Harley Quinn come through yeah. at, at some point uh, and uh, so I thought that it was uh, I just thought that it was a lot of fun I really enjoyed reading it a lot more than I thought that I would Right on. Yeah, I, I love the the sassy Alfred. He's oh, like, I prepared you. Alfred always has to be sassy. Oh god, he always has to be sassy. I love in the last panel, he's actually dumping out the plate of nothing after <laughs> Batman is leaving. Yeah. Oh god, Roger, what do you think? Love the banner. Yeah. Love love the art. Uh, love the tone of the book. Um, Who is the artist on this? Right, by the way, because they captured the '90s Batman characters right. really well. John Samariva. Uh, Samar Samarva. Something like that. Dude, you're the name guy. How are you messing this up? Well, I don't know. It seems foreign. <laughs> Even more so. You're the guy that gets this. Yeah. Samarava. I'm going to say Samarava. S- Samarava? Okay. So I'm going to say Samarova. Samarova? It's an I. Samariva? Samariva. Okay, Samariva. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's stay, let's take it there. I really liked it, too, for the most part. Um, I just... My own my only gripe is that it starts the same way as the previous Batman Turtle series. That's my only gripe about it. Um, oh, does it? Portal bringing the the two together. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, in doing in doing it, in fairness, yeah, in doing you know multiple crossover, you know, universe yeah. crossovers, it's probably best to start off the story with that just to get it out yeah. of the way, you know, because you got to just establish the reason for you know, or at least the the mechanism for 
for them coming together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not to say there's not other ways you can do it. The other thing is that there's, and this may be a slight difference, but the difference is in the other one, the turtles were coming through into the DC into universe. Gotham, right? Here, what's happening is that the DC villains are, are crossing over into the turtles universe, yeah. into the turtles New York. Because it's it's Two Face first, right? That goes goes over. Well, we don't actually see Two Face. We see him in the beginning, uh, where Batman is looking for all of the Arkham villains who have disappeared. Yeah, and he finds Two Face, and it's Two Face that tells him that you know mutters something about this other world. Yeah. Batman just thinks, uh, "What's this guy talking about? He sounds crazy." Yeah, um, yeah. He even says it's like he's crazy even for Two Face or whatever, you right? Know, something and he like that. takes him back to Arkham, only to then find as Batman begins to investigate there, he finds some clues in uh, in some of the other cells. He goes into Poison Ivy cell and finds something some, that like, he can't explain. Residue or some. Uh, yeah, what they goo. call it, like like energy or whatever the ectoplasm, yeah. something pink, from the, like you said, ectoplasm, some from this triangle portal thing. So, yeah, um, I, yeah, for the most part, I thought it was a solid issue. Like I said, that was my only gripe about it was just how it started. But I understand why they have to do that. I mean, these are characters that typically exist in their own universes. You can't just throw them together without some some rhyme or reason. But, right. Um, I thought the Clayface skirmish was great. Um, that was a lot of fun, you know, like, uh, I love him in the sewers, like with the turtles and all that. That was a lot of fun, especially with him getting so upset when they kept calling, calling him mud, mud butt. butt. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he just, uh, just gets enraged yeah. and loses just, control. Just so. goes nuts on, on him. But, uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Like I said, that felt like a total Saturday morning cartoon bit that you could see, you know, happening right before the commercial break. So, uh, anything else? I I love this issue. It, the the jokes were you know silly and it was just a lot of fun. I will say like for for an all ages book, there's a lot of um, story still yeah. for for an older audience and a lot of nostalgic kind of feels with the '90s designed Batman characters. I, th- I think this is the way all ages books should be, so everybody can enjoy yeah, them. I I would agree. So, anybody else? Yeah. All right, let's do some start. What do you think, Johnny? So typically, I rate from one being hated it and five being loved it, and I loved it, so it's a five for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Strong. I give it four stars. Yeah. Yeah, I can't go with five, but uh, but definitely four. A, a good strong four for this one, I would say. I'll do four also. Um, there was there was a lot to like, um, and really my my only complaint is it's nominal. It's not like it took away from the story it was just kind of like oh you guys did this already and i i just read it you know kind of thing so but other than that it's a solid issue it's a good i mean it's a number one this is the spot to jump onto if you want to kind of stick with this ride and and see where it goes um but yeah super fun so we are gonna do marvel next let me see that real quick make sure i have i believe it's ron right uh we're doing daredevil by charles soul and is it ron garney yeah, I think so. Ron Garney? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's Daredevil 13 by Charles Soule, Ron Garney. Um, and is it the colorist here that's uh, Mia? Yeah. Yeah, or the inker. Inker? No, I think it would be colorist. It's colorist? Yeah. Um, it, Soul's run on Daredevil, I've only, I've come in and out. Like, I think I read like, maybe the first two issues, um, and now this one. Um, I like the way that uh, Charles Soule writes Daredevil, um, but it's going to be tough to pitch this because we didn't get a lot of daredevil 
Well, we didn't get a lot of Daredevil, and it's right in like the middle of a story right. arc. So apparently, Daredevil and a sidekick or um, associate that Charles Soule created for this series named Blindspot, who's kind of the central character in this particular issue, um, is actually a great character. Uh, but they're dealing with some sort of serial killer who's been abducting prominent uh, public officials, cops, judges, um, district attorney, whatever, mm-hmm. and killing them, mutilating them, and doing like crazy art stuff similar to the Mother really, Panic. Really cool um, stuff. Uh, similar to the Mother Panic story, but yeah. yeah, creating art, and he's very like, no one's supposed to see my art process before I'm done, you know, kind of. So he's, and he's called the Muse, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And he's trying to, uh, at least he says he's trying to make a point. The reason he has focused on capturing a judge, a politician, and two cops is that he wants to make a statement about the justice system with his art. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I specifically like the line where he's like, oh, how could I forget the vigilante in the justice system? That's right. Yeah. So um, a lot of this issue is, uh, and a lot of what Soul's been kind of doing with Daredevil and Blindspot is Daredevil's been kind of showing Blindspot the ropes um, teaching him how to be a hero and we get a little internal monologue type stuff with Blindspot whose ability he has a suit that can turn him invisible like mm-hmm. just about invisible hence the name Blindspot oh but, that's why um, yeah <laughs> there's a reason for these things man. Um, he's actually kind of questioning why he's still doing what he's doing with Daredevil because he set out to do in the first story arc which is to kind of protect his neighborhood and, and whatnot. and so he's kind of questioning his own motives like am I doing this to impress Matt or am I doing this because I, I want to keep helping? And he's kind of faced with having to fight uh, this killer on his own because Matt is not near where they've been abducted yet. So um, it's kind of like, I guess, a, a, a proving ground for, for Blindspot to hold his own while he's waiting for, for Matt to come and help. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot here to like. I just... I. I mean, and it's not like it's hard to jump in on this particular issue and, and follow what's going on. I would have liked to have a little bit more backstory on Muse, because he's not a he's not a normal Marvel villain, right? This is a new character. No, yeah, it's new. Yeah, because I've been out of the 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 Marvel game, as most like, of you guys know. Ten Fingers Two was new. Ten Fingers oh, was God, new as well, <laughs> which is a ridiculous villain. But yeah, I kind of I I'm, I'm I think with Larry on this one that. It, it actually, I think the way the the story was plotted out and and written it made it kind of easy to know basically what had come before. Right. Yeah, and, it was a little easy to jump take in. Take you off. So yeah, I mean, they do a good job with the initial page telling you what's going on. I guess I I want to know more of the just where this new bad yeah, guy. Yeah, you came don't from. you don't have a whole lot on Muse or. Or his his motivations, but I think since we don't have a lot on Muse, uh, particularly in this issue, I don't know uh, the prior issues if we got his backstory or whatever. It kind of makes it a little unsettling, especially at the the final pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is part four of this story, by the yeah, way. Yeah, specifically with um, who was the artist, Garney? Yeah, Garney. Uh, his art it makes it even more unsettling, yeah. and and I just I I loved this issue because of the Muse character. He was uh, you know the right type of crazy and and the right type of serial killer and you guys know I love my serial killers I think a, a point to why it probably is so easy to follow is that Charles Soule is a, one of the best writers out right now too yeah, so, I, yeah. I'm I, I like Sir Charles Soule a lot yeah. um Charles Soule actually broke my heart 
uh, yeah. when, when he signed the exclusive contract oh, with right. Marvel yeah. because yeah. Charles Soule did something for me that no one had ever done in 30 years and that was um, make Guy Gardner an actually interesting character. <laughs> yes. I, I, that's I, right because he was writing Red Lanterns and that's when and Guy was, was on the and, Red Swamp Thing too. And I, thing. I have always hated the, the character of Guy Gardner from the first time he was introduced. Well, and that's, that's um, easy to do with that character. And yet, and yet when Charles Soule was writing Red Lanterns, it was a great run. And for the first time, it was like, Guy Gardner's really a cool character, actually, the way yeah. that he was written by Soule. And so when he signed that exclusive contract with Marvel, I was, as a DC guy, I was very heartbroken that we weren't uh, going to get yeah. more of him on that. He was also writing like eight books at the time. Yeah, he was writing DC. a lot. But... Uh, in this particular one, I think it does show that that he is. I was kind of wondering, well, how is he going to work in that universe? And the answer to me was great. Um, again, I've also been out of the Marvel universe for quite some time, and I can't remember the last issue of any version of Daredevil that I've read. And yet, with this one, and I was worried about this one because I saw we're coming out on part four, so I'm going to yeah. be totally lost. And yet, I wasn't totally lost. Um, even though we didn't have the background of the previous three issues, you still got a pretty good idea of what was going on, and uh, and were able to follow the story really well. Like you, I thought Blindspot was a really interesting character, yeah. and so the fact that we were getting all of uh, his internal struggles uh, was. Uh, was really interesting to me, so I thought that overall it was a, Plus, a really looks good cool. story. It's he a does. great, it's a great character design. He, and, yeah, he does. But I, you know, the thing that kind of bugged me, uh, uh, the one thing that bugged me about him, yeah. uh, was his battery dying <laughs> in his suit. That, yeah, that's, I mean, that's I'm the, sorry, the weakness <laughs> that he has because they did yeah. that in issue two also, or something. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Issue one or two, he's, they've kind of established that his suit uses a lot of juice. It's like, come on, bro, carry a spare. Uh, yeah, or, <laughs> or, or get something. the Energizer Bunny to help yeah. you out here. Something different. Stop getting those generic batteries. That's, you know, <laughs> right. Step up, get Duracell, get something, you know. So yeah. Maybe it's like our iPhones and it doesn't have a removable battery. It just has to plug it in. Wow. Well, I don't know about you, but my battery lasts all day, though. Mine lasts all day, too. Be a lithium-ion. Yeah. <laughs> Sealed. Um, I, it's hard to have any complaints about uh, this particular issue. Um, writing, art, all of it was good. I will nitpick one thing. Of course. Okay. Um, and it's what I was telling you guys about before. I wish that they would put Daredevil back. I, I wish they... This current costume that he's in is the majority of it's black and it's got red accents. I wish they'd flip the color scheme and make it the majority of it red with black accents. I don't like... He looks too much like Batman. That's the point. <laughs> like, mm. you know, with some red gloves and belt and stuff like that. I think they should flip it. I mean, he's Daredevil. Yeah. But, I, you know... That doesn't affect the story. I, it doesn't affect the story. It's just a nitpicky thing. So... The other thing, too, that Johnny mentioned that I, I wanted to pick up on as well, because I really agree with that, is that I think this is another one where the art really fits the story well, um, especially when they're down in the sewer. Yeah. The art is very stark, and, and but that's exactly what you would expect. You're down in the sewer, so it's not like there's lights everywhere, so it's going to be certain things are going to be illustrate, you know, going to be um, standing out yeah. like on, with a flashlight on them. Other things are going to be in shadows, and the way that this is uh, depicted, it, it comes out that way. The things that stand out stand out really starkly um, in each of the panels and uh, draws your attention to what to what you really should be focusing on. I think it really works with this story. Yeah, I agree. Um, Garney's a good artist for this this particular title. 
um, I think it works for for Daredevil and for the tone especially that they're going for. Yeah, I, I specifically like what you said, Larry, about um, him using lights and shadows. You do see more emphasis where the light it would be shining, and you know you see more shadows because obviously they're down in the sewers, and it uh, it's just great Garney art. It, it was a great week for artists this week. So, anybody else want to do a star rating on this one too? Sure. Yeah. Roger, you want to start on this one? Three and a half stars. Three? Yeah. Solid book, good art. Yeah. Johnny? Uh, I would give this a four. I really enjoyed it. Love the art. Larry? I think I'm going to go four and a half on this. Really? Uh, maybe that's partly because uh, I wasn't really expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, so I was, again, pleasantly surprised. Plus, it keeps the pattern. I start off with a three and a half, and I've gone up by half a star every time, so <laughs> I might as well stick with that. I'll, I'll go four. I'll go four. It was a solid issue. It's it's tr- it. Charles Soule, he's tough not to like, you know, with with a lot of what he does. And like you, I was kind of heartbroken when he left DC and went exclusive with Marvel. So, um, so yeah, that's going to wrap up the review side of the books we did. So we're going to go to what would you rather have read, if anything, or rather have reviewed, I should say. As Johnny looks back at the new comics wall, I'm always prepared. Well, since uh, Johnny's looking, I'll go ahead and start because yeah. I am prepared. Go for it. Um, if I were to pick one uh, different issue to review, it would be one that uh, hasn't been reviewed on the podcast yet, and that is Clean Room. Ooh, Gail um, Simone? Uh, the Gail Simone book. Clean Room has been an excellent book. Uh, it's it's interesting, disturbing. Uh, what is it? What, what's it about? Well, the premise of it is um, she sort of takes the... Some of the ideas that groups that we would maybe think of as cult groups have, say, uh, Scientology or something like that. And she says, you know, what if some of these bizarre things that some of these groups seem to uh, believe are actually true? And so and the idea is that there are these uh, these demons, essentially, that hate humanity and that they are hovering over us, that um, heaven is not uh, up in the sky like people think. That's where the demons are, ready to come down on us. And uh, and there's this character, who, uh, kind of an unlikable character, who has the ability to see these demons when most people don't. And is so, this a Gail Simone book? Yes. She has, and she, wow. has, she has devoted herself to protecting mankind from these... Uh, from these demons and she has done it by creating this essentially religious cult where they groom people and bring them up through the ranks until they reach the point where they are able to be clued into what the real truth is what's really going on and they're they begin to be able to actually see these demons like she can Holy most crap. of the most of the people I that not have guessed yeah. Gail Simone wrote this most of the people that that happens to end up killing themselves because they can't because they can't, they can't take the it. knowledge they can't handle it it's theta level 9000 <laughs> yeah but it's uh, but it's actually been a really really solid run a very interesting story and um, it's one where you never really know where she's going. It's very, it's been very unpredictable uh, up until now. So what it's would been you a lot of fun. Switch. Uh, what would I switch? Yeah, what would you switch that particular book out for this week? Um, if you, I would. would probably switch it out for uh, for Mother Panic. 
because it's um, it's similar to Mother Panic in the fact that it's a mature reader's book. Um, it's uh, it's pretty bloody, uh, but uh, but just a much better story. Okay, yeah. right on. Uh, I would switch Mother Panic for. I'm going to take this away from Jonathan. Action Comics. I wasn't going to say Action Comics. Well, you were not. Mm. No, mm, I don't believe you. I read I read it today, but okay. I. I wasn't going to say that. So go ahead. <laughs> I still don't believe you. Oh, dude. Believe Mother me. Panic no. Comics. What would you switch out? Mother uh, Panic? Mother Panic, yeah. Roger? Well, I mean, there's going to be a trend here. I'd switch <laughs> out Mother Panic for Superwoman. Superwoman. Mm. I love that series. Yeah. There's a couple of S books out this week. Um, He's going, would, he, you're going last so you can think of something to switch no, out. No, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, w- I would switch out Mother Panic for Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Ooh, because yeah, the finale the finale of the you're last, oh my God, yeah. I wanted, I haven't read it yet. I, that's why I would just like the excuse to like <laughs> pick up where that finale left off at. Because I, I just want to know what happened to Hal. Nice. So yeah, great, great book. So, all right. So now we're going to go to the graphic novel whom Roger is picking, right? Uh, yeah. Or pitching, picking. So I, I picked it. I'll pitch it. Sweet. Um, yeah, so this week the the graphic novel Oh, is, wait. My bad. Oh, uh, uh. I need to write everything closer together. Do you want to do the graphic novel now or do you want to do trivia time? Oh. Um, Maybe it's separated. <laughs> I'm ready. You just need to learn to let things go and then point at them instead of when, when we start them, Johnny. That's the problem. I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. The graphic novel comes after trivia time. It does. Well, after our lightning rounds, typically, or mm-hmm. before. How about uh, after? Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Okay. Sorry, this Roger. Is, no, no, it's okay. Uh, it's it's uh, It gives me more time to forget about what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but usually that only takes a few minutes anyway. <laughs> This this week it's it's a trivia time with Roger starring Matthew Joseph Lubick. I'm taking over for you this week, so I got some trivia for you guys in regards to Rick Remender. Since, since he, that's right, since we're doing so low, doing low in honor of Rick Remender, since I think he's another one of the best writers out right now. So um, got a few questions for you guys, and then we'll do the. Every time viewer. we say best whatever, Johnny just winces in pain. Ah. So we should we should just keep doing that because it's like then, a kidney punch to him. I got, I got, I got one for you guys listening to. So I guess if you are the winner for this week, you get either low volume one or the three issues that we read. Yes. Cool. So and then and set, runner runner up gets the leftovers. And then did you figure out or decide a place to go to to do that yet? Or we just figured it out last thing? week, right? Yeah. Well, it's all good. I mean, you can contact me any way you want. Okay. Anyway, to get a hold of for you. now. If, right. if it gets too out of control, then I'll, I'll narrow it down to one place. Call, okay. Call Matt. Call Matt. <laughs> if five, you can get my number, five, you can five, call five. me. <laughs> the Hydra 55. Five. Yeah, the Hydra 55. Five. <laughs> All right. So I got three questions great. for you guys, and then we'll do the trivia question for the listeners. So, um, in honor of Lowe, in the book, volume one that we you guys read this week, what is the name of the place they live, the dome where all the human civilization is? Oh, my God. That is Salus. Salus. I should have actually read this this it week. Salus. Um, I don't. I didn't write it down. But do you know the name of the two other domes? Uh, one of them is Paluma, and the other one, uh, Larry. Oh, this is totally trying to uh, trying to. Th- that's the one where they uh, where hope is illegal, yeah. uh, basically. Uh, I remember Bonus it starts points. with a V, but I can't. Re- I can't remember the name of it. Bonus points. There, you're making us look Volusia. bad. <laughs> <laughs> that one I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, good book. Um, Remender trivia number two. 
what, what? Was, wait, what was the answer? So the third city. Oh, I don't know. I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just asked to see if we knew it. Wow, point. Matt, what I'm a like, jerk what? move. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> right. uh, as, as I said, I didn't write it down. It was bonus points. Okay. Um, question number two. Uh, what video games did Rick Remender write the scripts for? Uh, Halo. Give, <laughs> give, Close. Wait, give me... Kind of. Gears of War. No. Two. <laughs> They, they are nice like first-person shooters. First-person nice shooters? Then yeah, it would probably be Call of Duty? No. Titanfall? No. God. There was no story to the first they're, one. They are that recent. They're not that recent? Yeah. Oh, so they're not that recent? Battlefront? Is it? Battlefield. Johnny! <laughs> that, Wolfenstein? Uh, I'll tell you guys. It was Dead, Dead Space and Bulletstorm. Oh, oh, Dead Space makes so much sense yeah. for Remender. Yeah. Why didn't That's I think... That's why I didn't that, like that. technically not like a first... Is it an FPS? It's a kind it's like of. A, it's a horror shooter. That's not, a, that that's makes not an so FPS. Much yeah, it is. It's first person. But that's not a first person shooter. It's a shooter. You have guns. I think it's a first person adventure game. Okay, Johnny. Johnny, you're not allowed to comment. <laughs> um, you play Nintendo still. This one, you guys are um, <laughs> This one, you guys probably aren't going to get either. Um, he's also an artist, so what covers of albums has Rick Remender illustrated? Are they punk rock albums? They are punk rock albums. Ah, uh, what? <laughs> They're from the 80s, aren't they? Uh, no. No? Are they modern? They're modern. Any ideas? Daughtry. No, that's Jim. <laughs> that's not punk rock! <laughs> and, and that's Jim Lee, actually. <laughs> um, Give me idea? a hint. Uh, the Ramones. It's punk. It's like early 2000s punk. Early 2000s punk? Yeah. A day to remember. I, no, not that's not it else. at all. Okay. He's done go ahead. covers for Lagwagon, No Effects. Oh, I should know and those. Promo art for Three Inches of Blood. I don't should know any know of those. <laughs> those are big Those are too. late 90s, early but 2000s. But the albums was early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but those are pretty big bands. I mean, most for people. The, yeah. They're, they headline Warped Tour and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so and then the trivia for the listeners here. Uh, what book did Rick Remender co-author with Matt Fraction? You should have told me this before, because now it's going to bug me till the end of the show. I did. Tell you before. Did you tell me before? I did. Did I forget it? <laughs> you did forget it. Wow. <laughs> I said the answer before we started recording. Wow. So it looks like Mother Panic's mother is not the only one who has early onset yeah. Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah. Larry, coming strong so, on this episode. So I don't know if these trivia was too hard or... I oh, that's know, right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just showed me. Yeah, I forgot you did tell me. Yeah. So tweet, tweet. This just wasn't a book I cared about. Yeah. Reach Facebook. out. Yeah, Horizon Comics uh, on Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Uh, win some, some reading material. Sweet. Yeah. And then do, do you want to give shout outs to our winners from last week? Yes, uh, shout out to Ian Robbins, first place winner, second place, uh, Blake Starling. Nice. So, and Ian's been on the show. Blake is going to be on the show. Of course it was Ian. Of course Ian. <laughs> uh, all right, now we can go to the graphic novel review, which is Low Volume 1 by Rick Remender. Roger, how are you going to pitch this? Okay, well, um, first of all, yeah, written by Rick Remender, uh, art by Greg Tuccini. This is, yeah, this is interesting. The forward by... Rick Remender in this book it's, talks about yeah how this story kind of uh, evolved and I, I think you know some years ago he was in therapy and started looking at um, seeing the world in a hopeful way because that's not his nature yeah he, you know he started I, if working I'm on not that. mistaken he has uh, like serious like clinical depression yeah, yeah. oh I didn't I didn't read the the, the <laughs> preface 
Okay, well, read that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's it, right it, is, it is really good. And actually, in the single issues, so I've been reading the single <laughs> issues of this, he actually has a, um, a sort of an expanded version of that uh, of that introduction where he uh, actually has a couple of pages where he he talks about his battles with depression. Okay. And cool. his... Um, Not cool that he has depression, but right. no. the knowledge. <laughs> um, and how it came about that he, again, how he wanted to write this more optimistic character. Right. And that's what, um, you know, when at this time in his life, he decided that he wanted to focus on a character that had eternal optimism. Positivity. And in, in, in writing this character, um, you know, to have, to, to, to really capture eternal optimism, you almost have to inject he's eternal He's a sadist misery. to this character. Yeah, he's an uh, absolute across sadist. The story. This, this book uh. centers around, uh, we're, we're at least tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years in the future, and the sun has started to go supernova, and so the corona is expanding, and um, so the the populations of the world and they've been down there for a while too because there's well actually in the down future that you would have a lot of mutated uh um animal life and stuff too so but um the the human populations have moved into underground or underwater cities um and have and have been down the there for generations the only safe place to live at this point right um and so you have these three cities that have been down and massive cities massive yeah. cities with millions of inhabitants um underneath underneath the water and and you know society has sent out these probes looking for another inhabitable planet but in this um in this world you have you have the this this family who are basically royalty and um they're they're basically going you know it starts off with them going out uh the father is taking the daughters out on a hunt mm, and it doesn't right. go well um they run into to these sea pirates and then it's just misery until the end of the book almost i mean there's a, you know there's the, a good story the, here the, the title mother, of of the the series is apropos to the feeling you yeah, get reading it. it's 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 low <laughs> i want to add one thing and, like Sorry, you keep going. Okay, um, you know, right off the bat, you know, this woman loses her husband and lose and 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 her two daughters are are basically kidnapped from her, um, and then it jumps ten years into the future, and then it picks back up. But you know, you have a, a probe that returns to Earth, and she decides she's going to go. You know, she thinks that it carries you know the key to where there's another viable planet and so they have they, they've never been able to find the two sisters and, and so she and her, her deplorable son go on this journey to find the probe end up finding this other city where one of her daughters is Matt well, I was going to say um, one of the major plot points at the beginning there is why the pirates come to attack is because that royal family who is a scientist created this helm suit which only they are able to use which lets them explore outside of the major city and that's why the pirates attack them to get control of this suit yeah super it's why powerful the, mech suit that's why the husband died right yeah yeah, yeah. So. that's why the two girls get kidnapped yeah yeah because they're the ones that can pilot it yeah, yeah. only the, their bloodline can use the suit except so. for the sun right somehow the sun can't 
pilot it? Was mm. that the training? Something like that. He, he wasn't able to. It's just... not that the son can't pilot it. It's that he has chosen a different direction. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, he wasn't interested in, in piloting the helm suit. He was interested in mechanics, and he really liked working on engines and things like that. That's right. So he chose not to pilot the helm suit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The art's really nice. Oh, yeah. Like, really, really nice. Some it's of the best art I've ever seen. Interesting art style, for sure. Tocini, is it penciled? Yes. Is it? Watercolored. Yeah. Watercolored? Yeah. Penciled and watercolored. Okay. You can see some sketches in the back. Well, yeah, I just wasn't <laughs> sure if that was... It could be character design yeah. studies. Yeah, if that was what that was, or if that was actual, because that's what it looks like to me. It looks more like a sketchbook in the yeah. back. Yeah. But, I mean... So. I guess. Yeah. So I'll just say I love this book. I read. Uh, you've been waiting one. so long <laughs> oh for us to get to this, this book. The name of the book, the character development, the story is like some of the most interesting stuff I've ever read. I love everything about this book. It's just like spot on the character development, the story, the setting. Remender the does art. a lot of curveballs in this series. Every single issue has curveballs. It's crazy. It's so good. I love yeah, it. I um, I'm going to admit, and uh, I might. You know, not be invited back after this. So, um, prior to reading Low Number One, I had never read anything by Rick Remender. And when I saw the solicitation for it, I was, I just thought the story sounded interesting and I thought I'd give it a try and see what it was like. And I was hooked with the very first issue. I thought that it was fantastic. The, uh, the story just drew me in immediately. Um, and, uh, and it has kept me hooked the entire time. Uh, the thing about it is that you know he talks about how he wants to write this optimistic character i'm i'm not sure he's gotten out of that depression yet because every issue something horrific happens to this woman and yeah, uh, family yeah or to the family i mean something terrible happens in every single issue so it's kind of like okay are you trying to tell us this is what happens when you're too optimistic i don't know right uh but well, uh, the, but it's a fascinating story the, and the name of the first volume is the delirium of hope yes <laughs> Um, as far as I mean, this this just keeps you hooked. Every issue when when I finish it is like I can't wait for the next one to come out because it just it really keeps you going. And as I said, there have been a lot of curveballs. It's not something that you, it's predictable at all. You have no idea where the story is really going to go. Um, the um, the thing about it too is that one of the things that he does, which I really love, is he works in the background to all the thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years of history kind of seamlessly into the story. Unlike in a lot of comics where you end up going through, you know, half a dozen pages of, now let's go back and, you know, kind of try to depict what's been going on. He just works it into people's conversations. And as you that go through... That feels normal and not like Exactly. Not at all forced. Exposition, you know, yeah. for it's the sake like, of the story. It's not like, oh, I'm the bad guy, so I am now going to give my monologue yeah. before yeah. I kill right. you. Right. Um, it instead, it just works it. in... Exactly, like a natural conversation. And by the end, you have a really good picture of what has led up to this point. Uh, so I think that's just some some really outstanding writing. And the art is, is fantastic. It is really unique. Yeah. Um, I have... 
there is not another comic with art like this one out there. Nope. Um, but it works again. It works so great with this story, with the with everything. Not only when they're underwater, but later on when they go up to the surface. They go to the works, surface in this series. Uh, volume two. Oh my gosh. Volume two. They start going to the surface, and it works great there too. It's just. Um, I read one review of the art that called it eccentric, and it definitely is eccentric. But it is, uh, but it is really yeah. unique and unique in a good way. Sometimes I see art that's unique because it totally sucks. <laughs> but um, yeah, but uniquely bad. <laughs> yes. But this is unique in really the best way right. possible, and one of the best color palettes ever. The colors are crazy, but like pop everywhere. It's really cool. I mean, it really is a perfect marriage for the story being told, mm-hmm. which is which is always a good thing. The, the art is really a also is a major part of the story. I mean, in a comic, obviously that should be the case, but sometimes you almost feel like there's a story going on, and the art is the art is pretty and it's nice to look at and it helps tell the story. But it's almost like sometimes it's not. It almost feels like maybe it wasn't as necessary or somebody else here's a picture that it. I'm putting words on top of yeah, yeah exactly but here the art is contributing to telling the story it is a yeah. major part of how the story mm-hmm. is told yeah. this book is greatly written and it flows really well and the art fits perfectly uh, you know to the writing I didn't like it why is that why did you not like it talk about it uh, I think I don't think I like Rick Remender's uh, sci-fi stuff. And Roger recommended, uh, you know, that I take a look at Deadly Class. Maybe I'd like that. But, like, I mean, Captain America, when he was in Dimension Z and Low and Black Science, I didn't love it. I mean, so it's greatly what written. What did you not like? I don't think I'm a sci-fi fan. That's just okay, it. Yeah, that, that's a point. I think that's just it. The and dystopian future vibe. I mean, I'm not... I'm not saying it was a this bad week, comic. Next week, when we read something else, he will be that he likes. <laughs> if you didn't we, see Remender's name on it, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, man, this no. is the best thing ever." No, oh, wait, that's Azarello. Yeah, that's Azarello. Do you like Descender? <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, I don't like Descender. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's okay. okay. It's greatly I, written. I know. I know yeah. what works and what doesn't. You know, I know that it's uh, really written well and the story makes sense so it's a setting yeah you don't like the setting I think I, I think that's just me I, okay. I, I think I don't like sci-fi for for me Remender because I read the first issue alone and I went that's good but it didn't like hook me and it just seems to be with Remender series, except Seven to Eternity is the first series that Remender's written that I'm just like I have to read this every time it comes I can't wait for that yeah. trade <sighs> yeah um, for me Remender works best in trades so when I first got this volume, I was like, okay, this is awesome. But I had to have yeah. that story arc in front of me at first because I think I tore through it in one sitting. It's, it's so, a page turner. All of Lowe is a page turner. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Black Science. I can't do Black Science in single issues. I have to do them in trades. Yeah. Um, Deadly Class, same thing. I always end up reading like the first issue and I'm like, okay, I'll just wait for the trade. But then every time I get the trade, I love it. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know why Remender's like that with me. Mm. He um, writes in story arcs like that. So yeah. I think that's yeah. why. Yeah. But see, Seven to Eternity, I'm just like, no, I have to have this every <laughs> every month it's out. So it's, it's a, he's one of the only people that I'm like that with. So, um, well, maybe really good. I think one of the things Remender does, at least from what I've seen in this one, is that he doesn't rush uh, building the world. No. He, he takes no. his time doing that. So maybe uh, when you're, 
when you're doing it in single issues, it seems like it's taking a long time to build things. But when you can read it in a trade, then you get that world building. Yeah. All, you know, yeah. I just together. feel like I get fully immersed yeah. into whatever is going on with Remender when I have a trade. One thing I will say about Remender, I think his world building is some of the best yeah. because uh, like, oh God, this world is already fully formed and in. I believe that it's yeah. been here for years, and oh, it's really, guys, it's really good. Yeah. Guys I, I like Remender and and guys like Hickman, they they really, you can tell, they think a lot about the worlds they create before they plan they, out everything. Yeah, before sure. they before they hit the keyboard, they they've spent a lot of time thinking about you know stuff like this. So, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, I don't think you could have the natural dialogue like you were saying, mm-hmm. explaining and getting this picture of what's been going on the last thousands of years or whatever unless you sat down and did all that thinking beforehand yeah definitely so um yeah remender is just a boss when it comes to a lot of that stuff so roger roger the the only thing um the only thing that bothered me a little bit with this book and it's the only reason i would I, i would dock it on our on our ratings is the character being so damn optimistic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's look. I mean, yeah, with, with I now initially, you know, I, I cut her a lot of slack because you know it was it was you go through this ten year period, and so she's had time to to grieve and mourn what happened, you know, years before. But then when the other stuff starts happening, I, I you know, and she's like, you know, still this. But we know people this that are all hopeful. rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, but man, you throw kids into the mix, but your your babies. I, I, I don't know. Here's, that here's it, where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that okay. because it doesn't depict her as being irrationally optimistic in the sense of there are times, even in this first volume, where she begins to think that with her son, for example, she thinks, you know what, it's this idiotic religious belief that I've got because it's not just that she's optimistic there's actually a religion associated with this oh the quantumology right and I um, forgot about that that's and right. so it's yeah. actually a although he doesn't really go into a lot of detail about it you get the idea that this is a fully formed religious system that she's a part okay. of and yet there are times like with uh, with Merrick where she says you know what it was this this crazy optimism and this this irrational belief I had that got us into this mess and so she does have times where she is uh no pun intended, low as well. She doesn't just accept everything and say, oh, you know, it's all going to come out. You know, the sun will come out tomorrow and she breaks into, (laughs) you know, a chorus from Annie or something. Um, She does have times where she doubts. And so I think that's very realistic in the sense of she does hang on to that faith, but she does it in the midst of doubt. And part of the reason she hangs on to it is because in the midst of all the horrible things that happen, there are positive things. She's not actually looking for her missing daughter. She's looking for something else. Else, right. And she finds her missing daughter and she says, well, this is to her evidence that her her belief that she can create her own future is true. Her son ends up, despite everything that he has done and gone through, um, he ends up essentially accepting right. her idea about how the world is, how the universe is, kind of accepting sort of her, her faith. And that ends up. Uh, working out for him, sort of, uh, without giving too many spoilers. Right. In the end, but it but it allows him to do something that he wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Um, and so, so in that sense, I I think that her optimism, while maybe it's goes a little bit beyond what 
a lot of us maybe would uh, would feel in, in similar circumstances. I don't think it's completely irrational. She does have her moments of doubt. Um, and if, if as you go on into future volumes, there are more of those where she is questioning, did I do the right thing? That's, uh, and uh, you know, is this was, really going to work or not? It, yeah, it's kind of what I was going to ask you is whether, you know, whether or not and how much quantumology comes into into the picture more in volumes two and three i wouldn't say it comes in anymore uh it's, it's just, just it's something her, that's there it's in the back it, yeah it, it's kind of in the background it forms the the background of how she looks at the world and how she reacts to what happens to her um but at the same time she goes through those times when something really bad happens she begins to question did this happen because i had this idiotic belief that something good would happen out of this and instead something terrible happened as a result so again someone who maintains her faith but in the midst of a lot of doubt at the same time i also think a part a big part of her optimism is the fact that um she loves her husband so much and not made a direct promise but is trying to promise the idea of who her husband was and following up on that throughout the whole story you can kind of get that sense from her that we we started something as a family and i need to continue on that follow up on it Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I I thought I had read the second volume to this series, and I never have. I just realized I need to... You need I to need catch to, up. There's three yeah, now. <laughs> there's three now, and yeah. I still haven't read the uh, the newest uh, Dudley class either. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of remainder that I need to catch up on. I can't, yeah, I can't wait to read volume two of this. I mean, I did love it. It's a great world, great story, great art. Um, it's one I'll definitely come back to and catch up on. That or if they ever release like a hardcover. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's coming. There like is three, three, three volumes. first three volumes, yeah. right? That's there typically Remender's yeah. MO. Three, three, four. Well, it's images thing. I think all the big hard covers are three volumes. Not Ooh. all of them. I might just wait for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a junkie for hardcovers. I, I'm Go still, ahead, Johnny. I'm still looking for a Rick Remender book that I like, and I hope it's Deadly Class. Or you didn't like Seven to Eternity. Did I we talk about this? I, I liked it, but I didn't love it, so I'm not going to read it anymore. I mean, try Fear Agent, try Venom, X-Force. He wrote a bunch of Marvel stuff. Well, I'm, I'm, I might yeah. take a look at that X-Force. His one. Uncanny X-Force yeah. is one of the best X-Men stories yep. ever. That, yeah. That's it's what like I heard. 25 issues? Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. It's the thing he's most known for, really. I actually might take a look at that one. Okay. Cool. Maybe if Rick Remender were to write a, um, okay, here it comes. Were to write an arc of My, <laughs> My Little Ponies, Pony. where um, the ponies go through a period of depression, uh, and um, <laughs> oh, that little storm, oh. you know, that it would be uh, maybe that's something that would uh, that would be uh, would be appealing. You know, that would be that, very interesting, and I think he could. We're all getting get, schooled by Larry tonight. I think you could probably get Brian Azzarello. Uh, <laughs> Work with him on that. I mean, that is that would be a killer. That book would probably right there. be the best comic arc of the year. Yeah, you have Ryan Otley. Yeah, do the uh, art. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, I I would read the crap out of that. Mayor Mayors on Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, that name, Mayor Mayor. <laughs> All right, let's do some star ratings. So, uh, what did you think, John? Uh, two and a half. Unfortunately. Wow, that's yeah. that's an oh. injustice. <laughs> You don't, you don't even get a mid-tier rating I will, there? You know what? For the art, I love the art, so Th- maybe it's fighting numbers right there, buddy. <laughs> Roger? I, I go four and a half stars on it. It's near perfect for me. There's a few things, and I think that would probably... I, yeah, I, I like your explanation for that. Um, I, had I taken that into consideration, 
reading it, it you know that probably would help but near perfect and and definitely definitely will catch up on the series like, I'm going to give it a five, without a doubt. This is one of my favorite uh, comics out there right now, and um, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing more I can say about that. Definitely a five. I'm in the same boat as you, Roger. Uh, near perfect for me, I, mainly because like, with a lot of, like I said, a lot of remember books, I have to read in trades or larger chunks. So um, yeah, I'm going to say four and a half. Also, uh, it's it's, but a strong solid four and a half just on the custom yeah. five yeah so beautiful um, i want to say five art. out of five too it's my there top three stories that i'm reading period so right on cool. yeah, yeah. I, I, well i can't wait i mean the look on your face when you told you you know told me you know started talking about volume three yeah i'm <laughs> like okay i, I want to know i i think i missed part of that conversation yeah. I, should... well, I was because volume three came out i think a month ago or not quite a month ago and I was re- I read through it in forty five minutes and every page I was just like on the edge of my seat. It's a page turner. It was so good. Oh man, I'm gonna be spending money. I can already feel it. I mean, oh, and, and again, right. he maintains that that you, as you go from page to page, you really have no idea what's gonna happen on the yeah. next page. Yeah. And he, no it's just. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, it, it's a ten dollar a book for yeah. six issues. It's very thick. I mean, that's well one. worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's with 20% off here? Yeah. Yep. Give you up eight bucks. Yeah, not bad. All right. On that note, we're going to transfer over to previews and talk about the upcoming books for next week for Marvel Comics. Uh, We have Spider-Man number nine. We have All-New Wolverine number 14, Amazing Spider-Man number 21, Black Panther number eight, Captain America, Sam Wilson number 15, Carnage number 14, Deadpool 22, Doctor Strange number 14, Infamous Iron Man number two, Jessica Jones number two, Old Man Logan number 13, Silk number 14, Squadron Supreme number 13, and we're reviewing next week Thanos number one. Right. And did we ever square away who is on the creative team? Uh, Jeff Lemire. Is it Jeff Lemire writing? Do we know who's doing art? Dang it, Matthew. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be reviewing that one next week. Uh, we also have Uncanny Inhumans number 15 coming out and the Uncanny X-Men annual uh, number one. So the artist of Thanos Ooh. is Mike Diodato. Mike Diodato. Uh, wow. Nice. Wow. He just stuck his tongue out. Mm. He's good. Yeah, he is good. He's not the best. It's, it's apparently it's, he doesn't like Marvel house art either. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Um, that's going to do it for the uh, the uh, Marvel comic series. Uh, DC, we have Aquaman number 11, Batman number 11, Cave Carson has a cybernet- cybernetic eye number 2 is out, Cyborg number 5, Green Arrow number 11, Green Lantern's number 11, He-Man and the Thundercats number 2 of 6. Is that the one we're reviewing next yes, week for DC? Do we decide? I He-Man? believe so. Thundercats? Yes. All right. We're going to be reviewing that next week. Or Cyborg. <laughs> You're really pushing for Cyborg, aren't you? I think Cyborg is a cool character. And I want—I haven't never read a book from him. Well, is five? I, I'm not sure. Five is the end yeah. of that story arc. I think it's in the middle. But so is Daredevil. Well, I think because the Rebirth issue tied in, just so that would be six, six issues, maybe. I think the Rebirth issue set that up. Daredevil, we read right in the middle. Just saying. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I will I'll, tell I'll you, I've been reading Cyborg, and yeah. it actually has been been really good. Yeah, I really see, enjoyed it. I want to read it. Yeah, it's uh, Semper Junior and Pelletier on art, right? I think. I believe so. Yeah. Who's doing the the writing? I believe the Semper Junior. Really? I think. I That's what I want to say. I thought it was the writer who did. Um, 
No, never mind. It went away. <laughs> All right, Johnny. If you remember, let me know. I th- I'm pretty sure that's who it was. I could be wrong, though. That it could be Walker, but I think Walker... Right, that's what I was thinking. But I think Walker did the previous run. Oh, that probably makes sense. Uh, anyway, Justice League number nine, Lucifer number 12, Nightwing number nine, Raven number three, Suicide Squad number six, Superman number 11, and Trinity number three. Pick up tr- Trinity. Oh, yeah, Trinity. Oh, and even Superman number 11, though. Yeah. yeah. Where where Superman number 10 left off, I'm so excited for Superman number 11. No, it's David Walker writing it. Is it David Walker? Yeah. Oh, okay, so I it was Semper Jr. that did the previous one that I got him mixed up. I guess so. Uh, on Cyborg? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that Semper Jr. wrote issue number four. Yeah, that's, oh, that's so weird. you got it mixed up. <laughs> no, it says right here on the DCComics.com, David F. Walker writing issue five. Oh, don't they? Yeah, they get that wrong sometimes. <laughs> really? On their own website? Yes, yes wow. and they don't update it. So. Wow. But it, it is part six of this storyline. It so is. I'm, I'm going to yeah. go on a limb and say it's the... The, f- the epilogue, the finale. The finale of yeah. that. I mean, it, from looking at it, I, I'm not sure that this is the finale of the story arc but I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna my hunch is that it will be okay despite this synopsis okay um They're I'm, I'm down shady with their, either one either one I'm down yeah so I guess that's TBD. We'll surprise you guys next week with what we yeah. do, what we decide. Yeah. Rock paper scissors. Yeah. Oh, don't tell them our secret. Um. Anyway, yeah. So then, uh, that's it for DC. You know, Superman number eleven, Trinity number three of the last couple books there on that list. Um, for indie comics, we have a pretty big list. I think it outweighs uh, the big two this this upcoming week. Aliens, Life and Death, number three of four. Archie, number 14. Black Hammer, number five. Briggsland, number four. Britannia, number three of four. Ether, number one. G.I. Joe Revolution, number one. Godzilla Rage Across Time, number four of five. And then we're reviewing Harbinger, Renegade, number one. And that's a Valiant book, right? Yeah. Yes. First Valiant book we're reviewing. Yes. So we've been and talking a huge, about it. A huge launch for them and uh, heavily marketed. I've read it. I'll Have you? you? Yeah, I'll see what you guys think. They sent me an advanced PDF. Oh. So, excellent. Is it good? Or are you going to just hold off on telling yeah, us? Just anything? hold off on that. It, yeah, we'll see. I'll see what you guys think. Ray, writer Ray for Roberts. I did choose Jared the book. So. Okay, so that has to say something there. Yeah, yeah. See, and it's probably tiny because they're going to launch their their web series soon, Ninjak versus Valiant Universe yeah, or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, it actually looks really good. Uh, so yeah, I th- I, you know, it's there. There's some interesting, interesting stuff. We'll we'll talk about. It okay, okay, cool, cool. Uh, Horizon number five, Invincible number one thirty one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Killer be killed number four. Kiss number two. Kong of Skull Island number five. Micronauts number seven. Moonshine number two. You got your artist there, Johnny. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Yeah, Eduardo <laughs> Russo. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Don't even remember Someone's what sleeping. Uh, and then, is this for real, Roger? Peter Panzerfaust number twenty-four. That's not. I, that's that's yeah. a typo. There's we'll no way. No. Because that I've been waiting like two years for the completion of that story. Uh, and that's the last issue, right? No, there's twenty-five. There's, there's it's a twenty-five. Oh issue. man. Okay. So uh, I don't know what the holdup has been. I don't know if it was an art holdup we'll or see. it just seems that uh, a two-year delay. Curtis J. Weeb. He's the yeah. guy that does Rat Queens also. He put basically all his books on hiatus. Oh, that's why. Is um is Harbinger Renegade coming a week we're off la- that already. later to Comics we're, we're Hall? Because uh, it, it says right here it's coming on the 30th. That they don't update their dates either. Huh. Johnny. Whatever. Let it we'll go, see. man. Okay. They'll probably 
Comicsology is horrible about yeah. that stuff. So is Diamond. So are all the publishers. When it's on your invoice, that's when you know. That's yeah. when you know. <laughs> I just well, even then, <laughs> unless we get shorted, right? Because Diamond is, is known to screw that up yeah. too. Well, um, I mean, yeah, it's I. I'm so used to it now. <laughs> and I have. I hear what you say under your breath when you're unpacking things well, on Tuesday yeah. morning. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends on how bad it is. Yeah. Um, the most of the stuff that I say under my breath about Diamond has to do with their packing, because they'll send me a four foot, you know, by you yeah. know one foot, like box. yesterday morning. You know that is stuffed with paper, and I'll have like thirty dollars worth of toys in it. You know, yeah. and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, they're they're pretty bad with their packing, but this the shortages is a whole no- another story. I'll talk to you about that guy sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I I still can't get over the fact that we have Peter Panzer Foss number twenty four coming out. I don't believe it. So I'm excited. Uh, Reborn number two, Simpsons comics number two thirty four, and Spawn two sixty seven. Uh, and then the last thing on this list is Star Trek Waypoint number two of six. So it's a good week for indie comics yeah, next week. Sounds good. Um, as far as graphic novels go, we have four thousand one AD Beyond New Japan trade paperback. Alex and Ada co- complete what? collection deluxe edition hardcover. Oh, that's a good series. If you yeah. haven't read that series, that's fifteen. Besides issues, maybe right? the last issue. Yeah, it was fifteen. Fifteen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Besides maybe the last issue, the whole series is golden. I I I read the whole series. I I just wish they did things differently in that yep. last issue. That's it's not like issue. it wasn't great, but it wasn't the, bad. It was just not as good as the rest. Yeah. I had I had serious, I serious You issues. were the one that sold, because that is yeah. not my type of book. You yeah. were the one that sold that, me on that Sam, book and got me hooked on it. I, I remember a how, lot of people on that book. Yeah, yeah, I remember how, like, just angry you were. Like, yeah. You said something to the effect of, I want to get a notebook and write right. my, I want to write, yeah, I'm just going to write my own ending. And fanfic this. And, yeah. That's by the Luna Brothers, right? We yeah. should review one of those. Oh, one of those. Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn was yeah. the other yeah. writer. The thing that I loved about the about the series, last issue notwithstanding, was that, and I wasn't sure who was responsible for this because Sarah Vaughn and Jonathan Luna were sharing the writing duties on that. Yeah. And that is that there was something about the way it was written where you could read an entire issue where hardly anything happened, and yet you couldn't wait for the next issue. Yeah. I remember talking yeah. to some people about it and say, oh, the last issue of Alex and Ada was great. Oh, what happened? Um, they went to dinner at his grandma's house. Yep. And, well, nothing. They went to dinner at his grandma's house and they had a nice conversation. Yeah. But the next issue looks great. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, so uh, so it was, uh, that was, it was really well done. Strangest book for me because I've never, uh, typically I don't like stories like that at all, yeah. but when yeah. I read the first trade, I was like, it's really good. I, I came back the next day and bought volume two and like I was caught up at that point for, and I had to do the single issues. We should read but, volume one to do that but sometimes. I think that um, <laughs> I think the person responsible for that was actually Sarah Vaughn yeah. and the reason is because for those of you who haven't read it uh, I read the first issue of um, of Dead Man Mansion of Forbidden Love which I was uh, a little bit skeptical about because I thought is this a Harlequin romance book instead of a comic but it was actually really good um, and it had that same sort of style where and this one is written entirely by Sarah Vaughn um, okay. and it had that same style where um, 
she takes her time for things to happen and yet you don't feel like nothing's happening um instead it, it you're you know each panel you're looking forward to what's going to happen in the next one i think one. what did it so for me is that really book well. felt like with the science fiction elements and all that notwithstanding just kind of like that's kind of how life is sometimes you go through your day and you're like well nothing really happened but the di- it was the dialogue but, in that book yeah it pulled yes. you in yeah. yeah you know it didn't it, it was yeah that was the weirdest but coolest series um anyway I have to check out that Dead Man series now because I hadn't read or come across anybody that read it. You, you so. should right. you should explain every comic to me, Larry, because oh my god, wow! <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you weren't here we, when you did the the yeah. our special video uh, podcast. Oh god, check out by the, the way AllStarComics.com/slash/Patreon. <laughs> we'll get to that, Matt. The thing about the Dead Man one was that first of all, I've always kind of been—I know we're off on a tangent now—I've um, always kind of been a Dead Man fan. Uh, I just always thought he was a cool character, and so that's why I went ahead and picked it up, even though, like I said, I thought I was reading a Holocron romance. Book. Um, and uh, but the um, but the way the book is written, it's really it's almost like you feel like you're in a horror movie um, reading this book, and um, it just has the way it's written. It gives you almost like a very creepy feel as you're as you're reading it. Okay. Uh, so um, so I think it's really well done. It's a little bit less superhero-y than, say, Dead Man often is. It's a little bit focused, focuses yeah. more on the supernatural aspect of okay. Dead Man. I'm down. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, as far as other graphic novels that are coming out, we have Flash Hardcover Volume 9, full stop, and then we have the trade paperback of Flash Volume 8, Zoom, and those are out next week. Uh, new Suicide Squad trade paperback, Volume 4, Kill Anything, is going to be out next week as well. As always, this is not the complete list, as you're undoing your bottle, tell us. Yeah. What, what For the, the complete list, yeah. you get to risingcomics.com, click Sorry. on the, the button. <laughs> on the, the button. button. <laughs> We've tangented our way click, to like. <laughs> click the button. You'll get the, you'll, you'll get the whole list of stuff coming out for Wednesday, updated every Monday. <laughs> That's kind Facebook, of, yeah. Rise of Comics. <laughs> We're not, Instagram. We're not there oh. yet. We're not okay. there yet. I'm getting ahead um, of myself. Yeah, but if you guys want to follow along with us on our next graphic novel review, it is House of M. What? what? Who wrote that? I don't know. I've never read it. House of so M. I'm either. looking forward to it. Oh, it's so uh, good. Yeah. That's why I'm on the show next week. What? It's, you're on the show every week, yeah. but you're going to be officially on the panel. I'm going to send the big it's on art. Yeah. Is it Quipple on art? Bendis and yeah. Quipple. I was going to ask if it was Bendis. So is the, so the M for Matt? Is that House of Matt? Oh, yeah. One? Yeah, okay. <laughs> House of Matt. This is, you for you guys uh, listening out there, this book I consider to be the real start of what is the modern yeah. Marvel Universe despite all the reboots and everything. It, if you're if you're looking at a place to to start in the, the current continuity of Marvel or the most recent relevant one. I don't know how I feel about Wait, that. Yeah, it this almost is, is the defining X-Men story too. It's really good. All right. Yeah. I don't it's, know about that. It almost. is really good. I agree, and, and I'll say, I mean, luckily, it's been Almost. it's been it's been ten years since I've well, read it, so I'm looking forward to reading it again. Top three, um, but this is definitely it's very similar to Flashpoint for the Marvel U. Yeah, yes. Okay, look, I'll, I'll I'm excited. I mean, obviously, we, I have to read it for the show next week. Um, I still have a burning hatred for Bendis and want to punch him in the throat. This is before he got well, crazy. Remember, yeah, no, before he got I, crazy. Look, this, okay. is, this is Bendis back when he was doing uh, Jessica Jones, well, Alias, um, House, and this was, this is Bendis when he was good. 2004? Okay. I want to say. 
Yeah. Yeah. 2004, Ben? Yeah. yeah. Three? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see next. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's 2004. Any it. yeah. good? All right. All right. I'll give it... I, I will go into it open-minded. I will go into it open-minded. I just... Uh, ben does... Just like, if you make me... Uh, I swear. I pulled that out for me. Oh, I was... Gonna, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I was going to keep this. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Matt's shooing me forward. Um... Uh, we're going to go into some news now. We don't have a heck of a lot of big points, um, but we got a couple of cool ones. Uh, apparently, they've confirmed that Michael Keaton is playing the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. So, that'll be kind of cool. Uh, Deadpool 3 is actually already in development. They're they're working on, I guess, Deadpool 2 and 3 at the same time I think they're just plotting right now. That's all they're doing. Yeah, right but, I mean, still, they... And that kind of brings us to the fact that they're rebooting the X-Men universe, so they're probably going to reboot everything around Deadpool. Yeah, I believe, I believe the X-Force is supposed to be, like, in, in, in three. And I'm, I assume yeah. Gambit is getting canceled or... No, it got pushed hiatus. back. Yeah. Again. Again, so... Yeah. Gambit, this is, this Gambit's just, just never yeah, going to happen. It'll, it'll be a miracle if it does. Um, so those are kind of, like, some of the big things. The biggest thing to me... Young Justice season three is happening. The I've never seen we, season one or two. The I've never thing watched we it either. Never, Johnny. I'm gonna stab you in the neck with this. Hey, wait, but I've never seen it either. What? <laughs> stab on Netflix. Netflix. Stab on Netflix. I know. I just went way violent for no reason. It's on my um, list. Yeah, uh, it's one of those. It, it lives up to the hype. It really does. Yeah, it, it lives up to the hype. Um, so things. I I I'm stoked that that the fans made that happen because it was canceled after season two, and I guess enough people watched it on Netflix to to bring it back. I think Peter David has something to do with that too. Really? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'll look into it with yeah. the new series. Yeah. The Young Justice. Let me. Let me know. see. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm yeah. down. Um. We're going to have to come back to that because that was my last news point. <laughs> so just, uh, we're going to answer some questions right now. And ironically enough, our two winners from last week's trivia time actually asked us questions, right, Roger? Yes. So we have, let's, uh, you want to do Ian first? Ian's question? Oh, man, I forgot my answer. Yeah, let me find it. Find it. Uh, well, basically, it's uh, Ian's question is... Um, for all of the hero, you know, all of the characters that have died in in any of the comics universes and then uh, later come back to life which character do you wish would have stayed dead and why Batman why just because it would just flip everyone out <laughs> for no other reason than my enjoy I love Batman don't get me wrong um, plus I think that would have had some serious ramifications for like the DCU you know just like if Superman had stayed dead there would have been some serious right. stuff Maybe Barry could be in Trinity. Yeah. I would actually... Uh, we'll have new pillars. He's messing up the timeline again. He's just, just screwing everything up. I would, I would That's have, a tough question to, to to ask, or to answer, I should say. I would have wanted Barry Allen to stay dead, because Wally West is my Flash. I love Barry, though. Yeah, that's tough. I, I really love Barry, too. Um, I, I do think that there are a lot of Flashes. There are a lot of Flashes. Uh, you know, th this but one was. There's a lot this... of bat family too. You know, oh, so, oh, oh, absolutely. There's a lot of families and S families and S. Yeah, I mean, each character at this point has, with the exception of Aquaman, I don't think he's got no. the amount of characters. Aqualad and Tempest. Ugh. Mm. So. It was a little bit easier for me because I I take it a little bit tongue in cheek, and that's I I wish K 
Cap would have stayed dead. Steve mm. Rogers. Ooh, that's a good um, one. That's number one because one. it was a, it was a great death, um, and they had a, a a great substitution for him. You didn't really kill Captain America, just Steve Rogers, and I loved Bucky Cap. But the 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 real clincher for me is that if he stayed dead, we would not have Hydra Cap. <laughs> True. And I would, you know. There is so to, much weight and validity to that argument at the moment. <laughs> like, oh, Nick Spencer, I hate what you yeah. do. Larry? Larry? For me, um, it's, it was pretty easy. I wish Peter Parker had stayed dead. Yes, Ooh. yes. Ultimate Peter Parker? No. No. Really? Peter Parker, Amazing Spider-Man. Really? Uh, yes. For a couple of reasons. First of all, Amazing Spider-Man number 700 and Peter Parker's death was a great story and it was a, a great death. Uh, so um, so I wish it would have just stayed there. And the other thing is that I absolutely loved Otto Octavius as Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. um, Superior Spider-Man, I thought, was a was a great series. I, I really loved it. Um, in fact, actually, when when they brought Peter Parker back, that's one of the things that got me to stop reading. I was me, reading yep. a few Marvel books, me and that's too. one of the things that got me to actually yep. stop reading them. Should have went another year, at least. Yes. Hey, guys. This is Jonathan. Sorry to inform you that we had a couple of unforeseen audio problems, so this is actually where the episode is going to end. But as always, if you guys like what you've been hearing, you like the content, please like, share, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to go above and beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast uh, where you can sign up for some really cool perks and prizes for as little as a dollar. And at the $3 level, you can get our exclusive content and episodes coming out uh, in a couple weeks for the next episode. So um, once again, we apologize. We had some really great stories. We lost about five minutes of the the last part of the episode, which had a great story by uh, our guest, Larry. So Larry, when you're listening to us, sorry, we lost it. Um, But uh, we will see you guys again next week. You guys have a great couple days.